Hello and welcome to this last helpline of the year on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Uh, if you haven't joined us before, Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with their babies and small children. Most of the questions we get are around sleep, but Chris um, can help with feeding and behaviour as well. There are a number of ways you can get in touch if you'd like to speak to Chris today. If you're watching us live via Facebook, just pop your question below or you can call in on one 800 I always do this. one 800 I'm just going to put it down to it being the end of the year. Never mind the fact I've been saying that number for four years now. one 800 if you'd like to speak to Chris live or pop your question below. If you're listening via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. And um, basically... That question will be answered next year because, as I mentioned, this is the last before we go on our Christmas break for two weeks. So we will be back on Monday, January the 6th. Now, if you're freaking out, um, Babyology Sleep School has now launched and I've been told we have limited availability over the Christmas break, So, and particularly this week. So we have an enormous amount of questions to get through today. People must have been listening, going, this is our last chance before the holiday <laughs> break. So um, if we don't get to your question, I do apologise already um, because I know how hard it can be. But if you head to the Babyology website, and we've got lots of clear instructions there on how to get on to sleep school, um, the way it works, you can book in an individual consult with Chris or any one of our other experts. There's, I think, three in total at the moment. There'll be a link on the Facebook page live if you're watching live. We'll also put a link in the podcast notes. And if all else fails, just go to babyology.com.au and it'll be very clear on the homepage there how to go about it. With that all out of the way, let's get (laughs) stuck into these questions. Our first one comes from Brinda from an email. I have a seven-month-old boy who's breastfed. He settles to sleep for his day sleeps, naps and evening sleep between 6.30 p.m. and 7 p.m. all by himself. And we follow a bedtime routine that includes a bath, a feed and a book before bed. Despite settling to sleep perfectly fine at the 7 p.m. mark, he frequently wakes through the night usually around the same times, between 9.30 and 9, 9 and 9.30 p.m., 12.30 a.m. and 1.30 a.m., around 3.30, and sometimes also around 5. We've tried to resettle him a bunch of different ways, including my husband going in to pat him. We've also tried rocking him back to sleep, changing nappies, etc., but the only thing that seems to work to stop him crying is offering him a feed. He sleeps in a cot in our bedroom. Sometimes he stops crying but then seems fully awake at 3 a.m. and lies in his cot chatting to himself for up to an hour before he cries out to us again. We've tried gentle sleep training with him where we are in the room with him and pat or sing to him rather than let him cry it out. This felt like it worked for getting him to self-settle to sleep for his first sleep in the evening but doesn't work for the night wakings. When we try to resettle him to sleep using these techniques, he can be crying for up to two hours before I usually give in and then feed him or we bring him into bed with us. He cries hard to the same. His cries usually start off as a little whinge, protest cry, but it feels like they escalate to a real emotional cry at night and I don't know what's causing it unless he really is that hungry through the night. Uh, Any advice to help would be great, including if you know what we should do if he does seem wide awake at 3 a.m. Okay, so there's a lot going on here. Mm -hmm. 
And we have to assume, because you haven't told us about the days, that he feeds well in the day. He has four feeds and four, uh, three meals and two sleeps. Because that part leads into the bit about what happens at night. Now, I know that sometimes a lot of parents will just deal with the day and then they try and sort the night out. But it's actually the whole picture. And even though that's a nice long email, it hasn't told us what happens in the day. Because there's a couple of common things that happen at this age that might be relevant to you. And one of them is that he eats so much in the day, he doesn't actually breastfeed properly and therefore he wakes more frequently at night. And that's why you perceive him to be really hungry and need to feed him. Your resettling isn't working. So one is to look at the quantity of food that he's eating in the day and maybe pare it back a little bit. How much should they be eating at seven? Um, Around, I would say... Probably two to two and a half tablespoons for breakfast and lunch. And they might have finger food, like a stick of toast or a carrot stick or something. And then at dinner time, about three tablespoons. So it's so varied, as you know, about food and how much to give them. But trust me, if he's eating a lot in the day, he will revert and pick up his breastfeeds at night. So there is a balance that's need to be met. He needs to have two sleeps, two reasonable sleeps, and how does he go to sleep? But it sounds like you've got the self-settling right, the bit where he goes to sleep. It's what happens when he wakes up. So that's one thing. Is he overfeeding in the day and that's why you're getting this quite active feeding at night? The second one is he's still in your room and that might be your choice because, and that's fine, but a lot of his behaviours are what babies do, but if they're in another room, you don't really hear them and so they waddle off to sleep. So around seven or eight months, they often wake for an hour and talk to themselves. They discover toes and fingers and bed rails <laughs> and glimmers of light that might just come through the curtain. They just need to vocalise that they've seen those things. And what we tell the parents is just, just leave that until he is actively crying. Now, if he's in your room, that's sometimes really difficult to do, especially if you've been up at 9 and 12 and 3 and then he feels like a chat at 4.30. So if you're comfortable with moving him into another room, then that might help all of those things because you'll only react if he's crying and then you'll see whether he could push through the 9.30 or the 12.30 feed and get a little bit better. And also the talking um, won't disturb you, so therefore you'll get better sleep along the way. If you're not comfortable with that and you still want to keep him in your room, then by keeping him in your room, you're going to have to practice staying very still and ignoring what might be going on around you a little bit, um, so he becomes less aware that you're there. But that 9.30 and the 12.30 feed, I think, has got something to do with what's happening in the day. So if you can go back and recess your day and re-look at that and make sure it's in the right mode, you should start to be able to get some traction with resettling him at 9.30. And I personally would just go, okay, for the next three nights, I am not feeding you till midnight. And so you can rock, you can pack, you can pick him up and give him a cuddle and you can put him back down again. But you've got to sort of teach him to go past it because inadvertently he's learning to go to sleep with a feed overnight. Okay. So it's a little bit more complex and a few things to think about. Yeah. I only laughed, Brenda, because I 
remember yeah. with my daughter just lying as still as I so can. Still, and really still. We had wooden floorboards too. Oh, yeah. How to tiptoe on the boards oh, without them creaking. It's impossible. Yeah. We do have a phone call now from Sarah. And Sarah has a 10-month-old and she's looking for um, – basically, she's going to go away for 10 days next year when the baby is one and the baby is exclusively breastfed at the moment and she's yeah. wanting some tips on what to do there. How are you, Sarah? Hi, Siobhan and Chris. Hi. So tell us, um, your your baby is 10 months now. By the time you go away, they'll be one. Is that correct? Yeah, so my daughter will be um, one when I leave for 10 days. Uh, but the complicated thing is that for the two weeks prior, we're actually on a family holiday in the States, So, um, which will mean she's less than 12 months. So I guess my question is around what age can I start giving her cow's milk because we're so close to the 12 months yeah. and not wean her onto formula. Oh, absolutely. So, and I definitely don't want to start something in the States just in case she has a reaction and I end up in the US medical system. It's <laughs> <laughs> never that dramatic. <laughs> cow's milk is the same all over the world if it's pasteurised, so it'll be the same. But you can start the cow's milk from now, from 10 months. So let's see oh, how okay. we can sort of start the wean. So you're going to the US just before she's 12 months old um, we can, but when you get back from the US, you're going away for ten days. Yes, we've got a three-day overlap essentially. So, right. um, and, and you're not taking her. No. Okay. <laughs> and are you happy to wean her? Um, I wasn't before, but I think it's the only the only way. So I'm going to Cambodia to volunteer, and at oh, twelve yeah. months, I'm just not sure whether she will yeah. a take me back after ten days. Yeah. Very interested in her solid, and then yeah. be. Just the pumping and everything in a third world country. Absolutely. It's, it's just not feasible, I don't think. So yeah, even I though think, it breaks my heart to do it, I think yeah. this is a perfect opportunity with me being actually away for 10 days to actually do a proper Yeah. Wedding. So what we have to do is actually start the wean before you go to the US because I think it yes. would be far too much for her and very overwhelming if um, you're away for 10 days and she's completely weaned. So the really good news is that you can put her onto cow's milk. That's not mm-hmm. a problem. So from 10 months to 11 months, yep, from 10 months yep. to 11 months, you're going to start introducing the flavour of cow's milk. And how you can do that is just putting a little bit in a cup, in an open cup, you hold it and guide it to her mouth and she's starting to get the flavour, a little bit of milk, say with lunch and with breakfast. Yeah. Okay. You might even want to do that quicker like over two weeks from now to ten and a half months. Mm-hmm. Then what you want to start doing from there, does she take a sippy cup really well for you? She does, and I've actually just transitioned her to the, the B-Box open cup one. Oh, good. So um, oh, rather perfect. than the straw. So the idea being that I could use the open cup one for milk yep. and just the other one for water. So perfect. So let's different. introduce the milk in the open cup. Um, mm-hmm. And then in about two weeks' time, you substitute out the lunchtime breastfeed for a milk cup feed. How much should be in that one, Chris? Uh, I would say if I put 100 mils in there and she took the best part of it, that would be fine because she, she makes up a lot of her fluid by drinking water and eating food. So mm-hmm. I think if we can get that one going and get that really consistent for about a week to 10 days, so not making the moves too quickly for her, mm-hmm. okay, then by the time you go overseas to the US, you want to have her on the breakfast milk cup feed and the lunchtime milk cup feed. Okay. Yep. So then Same I... 100 mils at breakfast? Yep. Yep. Or if she can wants more, she can take more, but usually they won't. They won't take as much as if it was in a bottle and it's free flowing. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So if she wants a little bit more, you can give her a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then... And sorry to interrupt. Do you feed her the milk first or her breakfast first and the milk after? Either um, It really doesn't matter because the amount is so much smaller. So if I was having difficulty giving her the cup, I'd probably do it before the meal. But if yeah. she's happy taking the cup, I would do it probably during or after the, fit, after the meal. Okay. Okay. She's probably happy to drink during the, the meal if you look at them generally. So by the time you go to the US, you're on two cup milk feeds and one breastfeed. Yep. And I would keep her on that while you're in the US. Yep. And as long as it's pasteurised milk, it'll be fine and it should be full cow's milk. Yep. Not a skim or a variation on it. So then, which will be fine in the US. And then when you come back in that three-day layover, that's mm-hmm. when you're going to take away the evening one, but she'll need more milk in the cup. And strangely, yep. she may need that one out of the straw cup because she can take more volume from the straw cup than she can okay. from the open cup. So in the evening, I would do a bath and then do a story. And while she's having the story, I would give her the cup of milk. And in that one, you'd probably put about 150 mils in it and see how much she would take from it. Yep. And I would get your husband to do that with you magically disappearing just beforehand. Yep. Because <laughs> if she smells you're in the house, she'll, she'll want to breastfeed. So then I think if we can get get her onto the straw cup in the evening where she takes more volume, then you'll you'll be fine for Cambodia. Wonderful. Now my next question is what happens at night? Uh, she sleeps all night? Yeah. <laughs> that is the dream. <laughs> so does she wake um, up overnight for feeds? So she, she does. Look, up until now she's actually been waking twice. We've managed to wean her off the the second wake so now she's only waking at about somewhere between midnight and two and i'm starting to slowly take that one down yeah um i should be weaning her off that now i I? think if we can before you get to the states that would be good because travel puts a whole new agenda into waking up at night but if she's used to not having a feed at night that can be settled then that's going to make it much easier while you wake because your partner can then do the settling yeah Okay. okay And have a great time in Cambodia. (laughs) Thank you so very much, ladies. That's a pleasure. Thanks, Sarah. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. Our next question comes from Kate in an email. My three-year and four-month-old son has never been a great sleeper, but wondering if you can help. He's an early waker, anywhere between 5 and 5.30. Mm. He goes to bed between 7 and 7.30. He doesn't have a day sleep, although although some days he desperately needs it and will fall asleep in the car if we're out and about. He's a very active boy. He wakes usually once or twice overnight, comes looking for me to put him back to bed. When this happens, he usually goes straight back to sleep, but occasionally this can repeat itself for an hour if he's unwell. We've tried shutting his door, but he just bangs and screams. We now leave his door open and that has reduced the behavior. He goes to sleep on his own. Is there anything I can do to push his awake time to more like 6 a.m.? I've tried pushing his bedtime later, but he's just so tired and his behavior becomes tricky if he's been awake since five. He has a grow clock, so he knows he can't really start his day till the sun comes up at 6.15. I actually think you're doing all the right things. I think, you know, you've got a good balance. You understand, you know, if he needs a bit of a day sleep, you can get it in there. And as frustrating as 5, 5.30 is, it's actually 
he's doing so well in that if he wakes up and walks into your room, he accepts that you'll walk him back and he'll go back off to sleep again. And I wonder whether he's a little boy that just needs less sleep in, in inverted commas, because I don't actually believe that children actually need lots of less sleep. But what I would do from this is I'd probably have him in bed by seven o'clock every night and, and make the compensation for him waking up at five, five thirty. I tend to find that they sleep through till six, the children that act like this, once that they're physically and mentally stimulated, and that may not be until he goes to school. So as long as you've got the grow clock and you put the behaviours around the glow clock, glow, whoops, grow, grow clock, clock <laughs> where you've set it for six o'clock and that he can't come out of the room until six o'clock, then even if he's just laying in his bed, he's more rested than being stimulated by being up and going to the lounge room and getting the blocks out and doing all those sorts of things. So as long as your family boundaries, soft boundaries of you can be up from six o'clock, but anything before that, you have to learn to stay in your bed then I think that in time it'll just sort itself out. But with him waking so early in the morning, I would have him in bed and I'd be out of the room by 7 o'clock to compensate that. So I hope that helps. Um, But he's actually doing well behavioural-wise with it. It's just a little frustrating. Mm -hmm. We have a question from the Facebook Live now from Liz, who has a 10-month-old, also an early waker. Um, he just started sleeping through from 7 p.m. Bed- bedtime, but won't sleep past 5, 5.30. Mm-hmm. Gets cranky in the morning and barely makes it to 9 a.m. for morning nap, sometimes 9.15. Will nap for 1 to 1 hour 15 and then has afternoon nap for 1 and a half to 2 hours from 1.30 p.m. Bedtime then 6.30 to 7, depending on wake-up time. Eats well, is breastfed, but also has two new teeth coming through. Always give Panadol as needed. How do I resettle at 5 a.m. or even better to sleep an extra hour? I use 5 a.m. with 10-month-olds, which is completely different to a a three-and-a-half-year-old who constantly talks at you. With a 10-month-old, I just use 5 a.m. like 3 a.m. So if he got up at 3 a.m. and you were resettling him, that's what I do at 5 a.m. So I sort of, in my head, would say, okay, I'm going to give this a really good go for about 45 minutes and see if I can push it out. It sounds like he's doing two sleeps, which is really good. But the first sleep in the morning, he's overtired because he's been up, say, from 5, 5.30, and he's not going down till 9. And usually they can only tolerate about three hours. So he starts the day overtired because of the early wake-up. So make sure that you're not looking at the 9 and the one thirty, and you're actually looking at him and what he's able to do. And he might be tired by 8.30 but sleep till 10.00. And then he'll go down at 1.30, but be more rested. So sometimes when we have a baby who wakes early in the frame, we look at the times and just keep putting him down at 9 and 1.30, whereas we're not looking at the time frame that he's been awake. So I think the other thing is if he could go down a little bit earlier, like 8.30, he might sleep better and be more rested. And being more rested helps them also move through their night's sleep as well. But at five o'clock in the morning, I would literally settle him as if he had woken at three. So give him a short period of time to be able to try and settle himself, then go in, lay him down, pat him. 
better if dad goes in, um, the mum goes in because they sort of have that emotional oh, up, up, up and up they go. Um, so I would give it a go at resettling him till your window of closer to six and see what happens with that. Now, I know you've been doing it, but this is one of those things that you just got to be consistent with. But I think he's getting overtired in his day as well. Okay. We have an email from Liam. I have a 16 and a half month old who is having one nap a day between 45 minutes to an hour 30 and wakes up crying hysterically. He transitioned from two naps to one around 15 months. Yeah. By his means, yeah, he yeah. was ready for he it. it he wakes up between 5.30 till 6 and has breakfast when he wakes. He has snacks in the morning at lunch and lunch at 11.15 or 11.30. He goes down for his nap between 11.45 to 12. Up until a week ago, he has gone down with little fuss, although in the last week he started to cry when put down, but will settle on his own relatively quickly. He'll wake after 45 minutes to an hour 30 in hysterics. This has been happening since he transitioned to one nap. He goes to bed between 6.30 and 7 and is a very good, consistent night sleeper. High five to you. Before he transitioned to one nap, he was having a shorter morning nap and a longer afternoon nap around two hours. But he had a big bottle of 200 mils before the afternoon nap that we weaned gradually as he was getting closer to 15 months. That bottle was totally removed when he transitioned. He has a dummy that he only uses when sleeping, but doesn't seem to help him when he wakes at nap time. We've tried adjusting his sleep earlier to closer to 11 with the same result. We've tried crying it out, but he wakes in such hysterics he will not calm himself down. Once he wakes, it takes 30 minutes or longer for him to calm down and start his afternoon. Could that be all the sleep he needs, or how do we extend his nap time? Um, They're getting desperate because his wife is seven months pregnant. (laughs) I think you need to, this is going to sound odd, I think you need to go back to two sleeps. I think he's overtired and he's not sleeping long enough in the day. So it's, it's a compounding effect. And I've often done this where we go back one step for a couple of weeks and then when we go forward, it works beautifully. So how I would do it is from when he wakes in the morning, because he's early waking, he's waking at 5, 5.30. So by the time you get to 11.30 or quarter to 12 or 12 o'clock when you put him down, he's, he's past it. He's overtired. So for two weeks, I would go back and give him a sleep around 10 o'clock. Oh no, when he wakes at 5, 5.30, around 9.30 for 20 minutes, but I wouldn't put him in a bed. I'd put him in the car or I'd put him in the pram and it feels more like a nap than a deep sleep. And it's enough to bridge him through so that when you put him down at one one thirty, he has a proper sleep and he has a deep sleep. And then he goes down at 7, it'll be 7.30 from there at his age. Now, what that might do is get him sleeping further around the clock until about six o'clock. And then once he hits that mark, I think you could easily go back into one nap. So I think he's telling you he's too tired. But don't be surprised by going back one step for a short period will actually help him moving forward in the long term. So have a go for about two weeks and then try the one sleep again and see if it fixes it. All right. Good luck. Um, We have a question from Alex on Facebook Live. She has a six and a half month old son starting daycare and wants to know how to transition from breast milk. Um, He's starting in the new year, one day a week in January and three days a week from the 10th of Feb. He's currently breastfed and feeds well on solid. He can take a bottle when needed. I'd like to know what you would suggest the best way to go about continuing to try and give him breast milk at least in the mornings and evening 
Also, I'm lost when it comes to teat sizes. Thank you. Okay, teat sizes. So he's six and a half months, and from six and a half months through to about nine months, he's on between a medium and a large. It depends on the bottle. That's the hard thing. So I would go, I would start him on a medium because it's a little bit more controlled. And if he's not drinking enough, then I would go up to a large at that point. So that will answer the teat problem. The next thing is he's six and a half months. So he's probably going to be about seven and a half months or seven months by the time he goes off to daycare. And in that first month, what I would do at at seven months, he normally would have a breastfeed in the morning. Then he'd have two bottles on the day he's going to daycare. And then he'd have a breastfeed in the evening. Um, So we need to start from now till that point, giving him one bottle a day at present to then wean him to two bottles a day on that one day you go to daycare. hope this makes sense. So we have to start giving him that one bottle now. So you need to pick the feed that you're going to try that on. And I would pick the feed that you do at 10.30 in the morning, 10, 10, 10.30 in the morning, because that's a weaning feed anyway. It disappears in time. So from now till the time he starts daycare, I just give him a bottle at that feed every day. Okay. And then you'll breastfeed him at lunchtime and breastfeed him in the evening. Then when you make the transition to one day of daycare, it's going to be much easier for him to accept two bottles in the day on that one day he goes to daycare through January. Now for you on that day that he's in daycare through January, um, I would say that you still need to express on that one day because you want to breastfeed on the other six days. Are we following this so far? Mm -hmm. So she has to keep a supply going across that month. But then in February, he's going three days a week. So at that point, you would still need to express at least once in your working day to keep up the milk supply for the days that you want to feed him at home. And you can quite easily maintain a morning feed and an evening feed if you have that expressing in the middle of the day for three days. And then you can go on and breastfeed him for the four days that you're at home with him. So that's the pattern of how you can work, go to work and breastfeed successfully till the point of where you both mutually decide that you don't want to do that anymore. The problem with not expressing when you work three days is that your days are so busy at work and then a pick up or a drop off of daycare is your milk supply will drop if you don't express in that 12 hour gap. And that will affect the days that you want to feed him when you're not at work. And it will also affect the last feed of the day. So if you can get a chance to listen to this back and write it down so you've got the sequence clear, you should have a great transition into daycare and for him to accept the bottle and still be able to mix feed until you're mutually ready to wean. Yeah, just check your work. Has a um, breastfeeding room? I think they have to. Yeah, they do. But I, I will, the university shall remain unnamed, but I was trying to oh. express and they had glass bowl offices and that was where I was meant to express. We, and I was like, as in glass panes. Yeah, people could see right through. And I'm oh. like, if a student would be horrified to see a woman well, fascinating. Mm, I'm going with <laughs> horrified. But anyway, that's just my experience of expressing. Yeah. I think there's regulations around workplace now yes. and they so have to provide an area. So just check before you go back. Um, mm. 
Excellent. Okay, so good luck with that, Alex. We have another Alex. This is with a six-month-old that's not settling with their dad. Yep. So um, he works quite late hours and often plays golf on the weekend. So his settling opportunities aren't fast. What can he do to learn to settle her and what can he expect? He usually gives up after 20 minutes and brings her to me for a feed, by which point she's so worked up, I just feed her to make the crying stop. Or if I'm not there, he just gets her up and plays. He wants to use crying it out, but I'm not on board. I work really hard Monday to Friday on her day sleeps. I'm pretty much chained to the house for all three day sleeps as my bub will not nap in the pram, car or carrier. Overnight, she usually wakes two to three times and I try to only feed for one and resettle for the rest. I resettle by rocking in my arms until she is sleepy, then put her down and pat her bottom because she instantly turns herself over onto her tummy. Mm. She's a very active little baby and is almost crawling at six months. I think in this case, dad doesn't have enough of an opportunity to get the confidence that he feels he can settle her the way that you settle her. And to be fair, if he's going to do it ad hoc, like in the moments that he's got free, he does need to actually follow what you're doing. So I would sit down and have a conversation outside of settling the baby (laughs) because there's no use trying to talk to them when they're actively settling the baby. So one night where she's down and it's all peaceful and we've had a glass of wine, you need to say to him, look, I love the fact that you want to be involved and you want to help out, but you need to do it the same way that I do it. So explain your method to him, but then he needs to put the time in. So if I came over to just settle a baby randomly, it probably wouldn't settle for me because he can see my face. It knows that I'm not, you know, a secure person in its life and starts to sort of, you know, get very agitated. So the same thing, if predominantly the baby goes to sleep looking at mum's face, when they look at dad's face, they go, hang on, who are you? especially as they're toddlers, they're like, oh, no, I need to look past you. I need that other person to come in. So I think you might need a weekend where you, you know, he might be able to park that golf on the side for a weekend and he starts to put her down for a few sleeps and she just gets a bit more familiar with his feel and his touch so that either of you can go in and settle her at any time. So I think this is just a discussion between the two of you working out the parenting style and for him to be available to do it more frequently and then she'll get used to that and then you'll have that sort of nice mix between the two of you enabling to settle her. Good luck. Uh, We have a question from Facebook Live from Carly. Um, She has an eight-week-old baby who catnaps throughout the day. I've introduced a dummy at six weeks to help comfort and settle. She seems to sleep deeply in my arms after her feeds, but when I try and put her down in the bassinet, she might last 30 to 45 minutes maximum. I should mention she has started to sleep through the night without needing a feed, but the days are long when I can't put her down. I can imagine. Okay. Would, wouldn't be an issue if I didn't also have a two-year-old. Okay, Carly. Um, it's just the rocking to sleep. So it's the rocking to sleep that's creating the problem here. So I think it's great that she's sleeping through if she's putting weight on really well. 
Um, so she could be sleeping through because she's not getting enough sleep in the day and therefore she will start to wake at night because most babies are still carrying a feed or two overnight. So I think at this point I would look at your technique. So you might have to do this on the weekend or over the Christmas break where your partner can help out with a two-year-old and we can get a bit of rhythm with that young baby and start by, you know, she's awake for about an hour and a quarter to an hour and a half, look at her tide signs, swaddler, whatever you, you happen to be doing, cuddle her, dim the room. So the dimming of the room is really important. So dimming of the room so that there's no bright light, but it's not a bat cave. So dimming of the room, pop her down, tuck her in. She needs to be awake when you put her down. And this is the key to it. Doesn't mean she's going to stay there the whole time, but she needs to know that's where she goes to sleep because I think she's going off into sleep in you. She's in a deep sleep when you put her down. So when she naturally wakes, she doesn't know where she is. So let's start by wrapping, cuddling, dim the room, take her into a room, pop her down, tuck her in so she feels nice and secure. She's had eight weeks of you holding her quite firmly and then leaving then no doubt you'll only get down the corridor and you'll hear the little squawks and you have to go back and you've got to do that bit of time where you put your hands on a maybe rock pat or shush um, in increments where she gets too worked up, pick her up, give her a cuddle, calm her down, pop her back down again, tuck her in and continue to do the method. Now this, to transition her into self-settling is going to take 20 minutes, 30 minutes to do and we need a couple of days in in succession for her to learn it. So around that period where other people can help out with your two-year-old might just start to turn this around. Yeah, well, good luck. Uh, and listen, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. We did have so, so many questions. And um, if you're currently on the edge of tears, as <laughs> I would be had I really wanted my question answered and my baby's not sleeping, remember we do still have some availability through the Babyology Sleep School. There's a link attached to this Facebook Live. There will also be links in the podcast episode. We will be back on January 6th next year. It's only two and a half weeks. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas, Chris. Thank you oh, for coming thank you. in. And I'm wishing, we're both wishing you Absolutely. all a Christmas full of sleeping, well-behaved children, <laughs> and if you can't get that, lots of love and cuddles. Yes. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, which is January 6, 2020, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. And don't forget, if you need help now, check out the Babyology Sleep School. It's at babyology.com.au forward slash sleep dash school. And you can find links in the notes of the episode. May your children sleep well and eat well for you this Christmas break. And we'll see you in 2020.